I'd like now to turn to our Sunday school section. This morning I will be bringing to you the attributes of God and the next couple of weeks we will be considering the attributes of God. It's unfortunate that our pastor is not feeling well. So the series through knowing the will of God uh, takes a pause for now. We will begin a new series on the attributes of God. We want you to to be faced with the reality of who God is every year. We do not want any year to end without us having brought to you the being of God in his attributes. So today, I would like to open our minds and our hearts, open our eyes to the greatness of God in his power. So we will be considering God is omnipotent today. And in the next couple of weeks, we will consider what theologians call the omnis of God, uh, the, omnipotent, the omnipotence of God, the omniscience, and the omnipresence. God all-powerful, God all-knowing, and God present everywhere. So today we will begin with the omnipotence of God, that God is the most powerful he is all powerful this is one of those truths that is up there with together with the sovereignty of god that describes of the greatness and the majesty of god the unboundedness of who god is you see when we when we think of god we ought to tremble isn't that what the demons do? The Bible says that they believe and they shudder. They tremble at the mention of God's name. Now we who are his people should constantly be beholding the being of God, exposing ourselves to who God is and trembling at that. We ought to be reminded even as we begin this, that God is not like us. God is incomparable. God is so great that we cannot imagine the magnitude of his greatness. We only believe what his word grants us, his revealed will. So I'd like you to think of power and and know that when we are when you're talking of the power of God, we are talking of absoluteness, absolute power. Hmm? So that when you think of power, the first thing that should come to your mind is God. Every other power that is in this world is there because God is all powerful, because of God. When you talk of power, at the core of it, we are referring to uh, uh, supreme ability, the strength and might and authority, the irresistibility, dominance that God has, the authority of God, the potency of God. And it is herein that we have the sovereignty of God. Because God is sovereign, it therefore follows that He is all powerful. If God is able to do whatever He pleases, He can't do that if He's not all powerful. That's what we, we, are, we are considering here. So it should be clear in our minds that, um, that God is all-powerful. And what I'm seeking to do now is to show you from the scriptures that God has all power so that you may tremble before him. Now this is the comfort of every Christian that there is nothing that is too hard for God. You see, we go through life with all sorts of difficulties and challenges and you know things big things small that we face in our daily lives and this truth right here that God is omnipotent ought to be the comfort of the Christian 
It may, it may not be the comfort of the non-believer. They may not find comfort in thinking that God is all-powerful. But the Christian, the Christian finds comfort in knowing that come what may, God is all-powerful and he's going to do that which he says he will do. He can be relied on. Now when we say that God has all power, this is what we mean. That whatever little power that you and I possess comes from God. When we say that God is all powerful, we are not only saying that God has all power, but that he, he is the possessor of all power. It's not that he has all power only, it's also that he, is, he possesses every other power. It is in him, it is his. Now think of kings and all who are in high positions of power. The Bible says that God is the one that has placed them there. The heart of the king, the Bible says, is, is in the hand of God. God directs it like the streams of water, however he pleases. Because all power belongs to him. Now think of all forms of authority. Think of all forms of power that people have. Think of the managers, the employers, the, the, the business people, the presidents, the kings, the pastors, the husbands, the fathers the mothers, and all forms of authority that you could think of, God is the giver of whatever power they possess. And therefore, they are all under his supreme power. So when we think of the omnipotence of God, we ought to think of God as being the highest and greatest of all the authorities that we could ever think of. So that every, every, every other power that we may have as humans is delegated, is given, is granted us. Now, think of the devil for a moment. The devil has power. But I assure you that the power that the devil has cannot be compared to God even a bit, even a single bit. The power that the devil has is like a grain of sand in the whole ocean compared to the power of God. It's Martin Luther who said that the devil is God's devil. He belongs to God. And the little power that he has has been granted him by God. And so the devil belongs to God and, and carries out the purposes of God. Because every, every power, every authority, every might that anyone has in this world is given by God who is the all-powerful. Uh, the omnipotent For those of us who love the old testament names of god one of his names that characterizes his power is he is jehovah el shaddai which means that god is the almighty el means god shaddai means almighty so god is the almighty god so when we say when we're talking of the almighty god we're talking of the all-powerful god the greatest of them all. The very name of God reveals to us this attribute of omnipotence. Because he is El Shaddai, the Almighty, that does show us the power that is in there. He is the powerful one. He is the great one. I'd like you to consider with me a few things regarding the omnipotence of God. Number one, God's power is boundless god's power is boundless <clears throat> when you say that god god's power is boundless we are saying that god has unlimited power hmm? when you when you want to purchase internet which is the best package for you to get yes the unlimited one the one that is not going to end or deplete in the middle of the month. You want the one that will take you all the way. Now God's power is like that. It is unlimited. It never ends. When you say that God's power is boundless, we are saying that God has infinite power. And you know the meaning of infinite, eh? Without end. Going forever and ever. Power that never fails. Power that never depletes. Power that goes on and on. 
You and I sometimes wish we were able to do some things. We just don't have the strength, the ability, the power to do it. Now, when I was, I was in, in primary school and high school, I was very tiny, very little. As, as you can see now, I'm not so big even now. So you can imagine how I was when I was in primary school. And you know of those bullying uh, instances that happen when you're in high school or in primary school. The big, big boys bully everyone. The ones who think that they are the greatest, they bully everyone. And oh, how I wished that I had power to smack them wherever they are. Whether they be bullying me or someone else, I really wished that I was a powerful young boy. But then you see, the power that we have as humans is limited. God's power is not like that. While we sometimes wish that we could have power to do some things, God's power is unlimited. God can do anything because his power is not contained. It is boundless. It is infinite. It is never-ending. God is the all-powerful God and infinite in his power. God has power that can never end. You see, when we say that God's power is boundless, we're not saying that there's a time that it will come to an end. No, we are saying that it is infinite. It cannot come to an end. It will never come to an end. He's able to do whatever he pleases because of his all-powerfulness. Now, consider with me how God made the universe. Go with me to Psalm 33. If you would like a crash course, <clears throat> I've constantly said this, like a crash course on the attributes of God, you read the Psalms. The, the, the Psalmists tell us of how God looks like, who God is. Consider how God made the universe there. Psalm 33 verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. God made the heavens by his word. By the breath of his mouth. It's as though God just breathed. And you know the act of speaking is an act of breathing. Breathing out. God just breathed out. And everything in the universe was made. Now, can you imagine what sort of power you, you, you ought to have for you to do something like that? You see, God, we should fear God. When you go out on evangelism and you tell uh, people about the holiness of God, and then we tell them of a God who made everything by speaking, that should arouse fear in them. You see, God is not like the president who can make a decree and then his decree, for whatever reason, fails to come to pass. When God speaks, things happen. And this is because God is all-powerful. Because his power is unbounded. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17, we read. Ah, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Then look at what Jeremiah says there. Nothing is too hard for you. And why is, why is nothing hard for God? It's because God has great power. God has this ability to stretch out his arm and do wonders. His power is unlimited. Nothing is hard for God. Not only has God made everything but god upholds everything we know that his power is unbounded because of how he makes things 
but we also know that his power is unbounded, it's boundless, it's unlimited, it's infinite because of how he upholds everything. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 we read, He is the radiance of the glory of God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He has power so much so as to uphold the whole universe. We do not believe that God created the world and left it to run by, by itself. We believe that God created the world and God is the God of providence. He is there preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. And this he does by the word of his power. Because his power is unlimited. His power is boundless. His power is infinite. Now, If God can do this, then nothing is too hard for him in your life. Nothing is difficult for God. In your life. If God's power is limitless, it should bring much comfort to you. To know that God can, God can do anything at any time because He has power all the time. It's limitless. It never ends. It should give comfort to you to know that you can always go to God in prayer. And He will hear you. And he will do something. Because he has unlimited power. This is our comfort. Saints. But then this is also the terror of, of unbelievers. You see, when God pours out his wrath in hell, because he has all power, it's not like there's, there's going to, to come a point when his power is going to deplete. And then his wrath ceases. No. It's going to continue over and over and over again in hell. Because his power is unlimited. So that when he holds... See the way a policeman may hold down a thug. Either by his hand or by his foot. When God does that to the evildoer in the end in hell. It's never going to end. Because his power is unbounded. Power is unlimited. Listen to the words of, uh, of Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, verse 23 to 26. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with, with, with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now saints, your life right now is a testament to the unbounded nature of God's power. The unlimited, the infiniteness of God's power. God continues to uphold you even in your sin with your wicked heart. And the Bible says that he's never going to let go. He's never going to lose any. No one can snatch those that are his from his hands. No one can snatch you from the hand of God the Father. No one can snatch you from the hand of God the Son. No one can snatch you from the hand of God, the Holy Spirit. Because God has unlimited power. Thus then his grip is tight. He holds his people and he will never let them go. Those that he saves, he saves. Because God is all powerful, he's able to save even the worst of sinners. God is so powerful that he's able to save anyone. God's power is infinite. It is boundless. He is more than able to save. He is more than able to provide all that we need. Because his power, his power is, his, God's power is not like the power bank which depletes and needs to be recharged again. No. God's power is unbounded. 
Any question or comment there? <clears throat> Number two, God's power is invincible. God's power is invincible. <clears throat> when you talk of the invincibility of God's power, we are saying that His power is unconquerable. So God's power cannot deplete. It's unlimited. God's power is unconquerable. God is the undefeated one. In other words, no one can defeat God, my friends. When we say that God is all-powerful, we mean that God is the greatest of them all. Hmm? Or like uh, the people like to say today, God is the greatest of all time. He has power that is unconquerable. Huh? He is undefeated. He is undefeatable, if you will. And this is the picture that I'd like, I'd like you to have when you think of the invincible power of God. If the whole world was on one side and God was on the other side, no one would conquer God. The whole world would, would not conquer God. The greatest of the armies would not conquer God. God can extinguish everyone by the snap of his finger. That's how powerful God is. His power is invincible. God's power is... I'm wondering how to describe it now. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that, that you see in the lion... When the lion stands and roars, every animal trembles because of the invincibility of the power of that king of the jungle. That's how God's power is, to say the least. God is the greatest. And we are not to think that the devil even has a chance against God. No, we... We live in a day and time where the devil has been so exalted. It's as though God is in the background. And it's as though God can, cannot do anything. Or, or it's as though God has relinquished all his powers to the evil one. To do whatever he wants. Oh my friends, God's power is invincible. Now go with me to <clears throat> Colossians. This morning we will hear someone from Colossians 1.16. But I'd like us to consider Colossians chapter 2. A few years ago, I preached a sermon at TBC, which I had titled, Our Triumphant God. And in verses 14 and 15 of Colossians chapter 2, we read, By cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, these he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Now if you read this, this text from the beginning up there you're going to see that Paul is saying that <clears throat> the Colossian Christians should not allow anyone to take them by philosophy to deceive them to confine them to the traditions of men and this is because Christ is theirs because Christ has saved them 
And he says there that God who sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is extremely powerful. He's extremely powerful because he, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities. Now, notice that the way God disarms the rulers and authorities is in a way that even they are not aware of it. While they are nailing Jesus Christ on the cross, they think that they are conquering God. But lo and behold, it's the exact opposite. God is triumphing over them through the cross. Because God's power is invincible. God is unconquerable. God cannot be, cannot be conquered. Now think of uh, Psalm chapter 2, for example. The Bible says that the kings of the earth set themselves against God. And what does God do? What does God do? Yes? He laughs. Psalms, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bones apart and cast away their cords from us. And then, and then um, the psalmist says in verse 4, he who sits in the heavens... And he who sits in the heavens is the one that does all that he pleases. He says, laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. And then the kings are told in verse 12, uh, um, in verse 10, now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned. It's as though the psalmist is telling them, God is unconquerable. Stop thinking that you can, you can set yourself against the all-powerful God. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Fear God. Tremble before him. And rejoice with trembling. And then he says, kiss the son. Bend your knee to him. Who is the king of kings. Lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. And blessed are those who take refuge in him. Blessed are those who take refuge in him because God's power is invincible. Those who are on God's side need not fear anything. Because God will never be defeated. I'd like you to see that God can be depended upon. When we say that God is all-powerful, we are saying that you can depend upon Him. When we say that His power is invincible, we are saying that you can trust Him, that you can go to Him, that you can lean on Him, that you ought to be found on His side. So the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can dare stand before God? Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has formed the mountains by the nostrils? Who? It's God. Who can dare stand before him? No one. No one. Because of that, then, then all of us ought to be comforted. Now, Job has gone through all that he has gone through. He has had his friends give him counsel right, left and center. He has complained against God and murmured against, you know, God because of the things that have happened to him. God has disciplined him as it were by asking him very difficult questions that he cannot respond to. What does Job say at the end there in chapter 42 of Job? He says, I know that you can do all things. This is, this is the book uh, right before the Psalms. And Job answers the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted no purposes of God can be defeated. No purposes of God can be destroyed. 
and this is because God's, God's power is invincible. God's power is unconquerable. God is the undefeated one. Isaiah says in Isaiah 14 verse 27, For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand has stretched out, uh, has stretched out and who will turn it back? Again, Isaiah 43 verse 13, Also henceforth, I am he, and there is none who can deliver from my hand. I walk, and who can turn it back? Nebuchadnezzar, once he has finished eating grass, and he has realized that God is the sovereign one, he says, who can dare appoint God? Who can dare ask God, what have you done? God's power, my friends, is invincible, unconquerable. God's power is infinite. It, stretched, it stretches from eternity to eternity, from eternity past to eternity future. And his power is invincible. He's, he plans and no one can stop it. His, his kingdom is forever. He will forever be powerful. Is there any comment or question, interaction there? how the attributes of God are connected in a way that God is all-powerful is a comfort to us when we know that God is good. Right? If God was evil, having all power, uh, uh, we would be uh, people that are to be most pitied. And that's why the Bible says that we do, not want, we do not want the wicked in power. We do not want the wicked to rule. On the contrary, we want the righteous to rule. Because they rule well and the people rejoice. God, with all his power, the Bible says that God is good. We can rely on him. He's not going to misuse his power. Just imagine of the infiniteness of God's power, the invincibility of his power, and all the sins that you have committed, and God has never thought you out of existence. God has never made the mistake of saying, cease from existing, you wicked people. God's power is controlled. I'd like you to see in the third place, that God's power is constant. God's power is constant. And what I mean here is that God's power does not fluctuate. And this can well be connected with uh, the unboundedness of his power. That his power is inexhaustible. It's not that his, his power does not fluctuate. It is constant. God is God is, has, God has been, is, and will always be powerful. His power is, is a constant. It, it can never be used up. It can never end. Um, there are no times when God stops, stops being powerful or puts his power aside. God is always powerful. God can... God cannot be tired. He, can, he cannot be exhausted. He says that if he were hungry, he would, not, he would not tell us. 
because his power is constant. God cannot be tired. He cannot grow old. And this is part of his immutability. His power does not change. He is always powerful. He does not change even in his power. God does not diminish or increase with time. It's not as though God was a little bit powerful at the beginning and then as time went by, he continued to be powerful. No. God's power has always been the same. His power is immutable. It's constant. He is forever the same. Go with me to Isaiah. Chapter 40. In Isaiah 40, God grants comfort for his people. And in verse 28, we read this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. You see, God is compared to the humans here. He's compared to us. And what you're being told here is that God's power never depletes. It's, it's a constant power. He's always powerful. And what happens on the contrary is that the creator who is always powerful is the one that gives power to us who faint. Us whose power is fluctuating every now and then. He's the one that grants power to the faint. He's the one that gives might to those who have no might. Increases strength to those whose strength has been depleted. What is the implication of this for you? When you're weary, where do you go? Where ought you to go? You ought to go to God. You ought to ask God to strengthen you. When you feel like your heart is heavy, where ought you to go? To God. You ought to go to God and tell him, you are the all-powerful God. The one whose power is constant. The one whose power never depletes. The one who never gets tired. While the young people uh, grow weary, your power will always be. It will always remain. Strengthen me, oh my God. You see, the all-powerfulness of God should grant the Christian so much confidence in knowing that God is able to help us walk through this life until he comes back. Because his power is constant, he is able to uphold us. Because his power does not change, there is no time that we will go to God and he doesn't have power, then we can go to him. Then again, we can find comfort in knowing that whatever difficulties we may go through, God is going to sort them. You see, this is not the kind of God is going to sort everything mentality that some people have without really understanding what they're talking about. When we say that God is going to sort things out, we are saying this because we understand that God is all-powerful, that his power is constant. It never changes. I go to him in the morning, he is powerful. I go to him in the evening, he is powerful. In the afternoon, he is powerful. I go to him when I am, when I am happy, God will always be powerful. When I am rejoicing, he will always be powerful. When I am down there, downcast, he will always be powerful. His power is constant. He is going to deliver. He is going to help. And it is from him then that we derive our strength. Now in that same text, we read in verse 30 of that same text, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. See the contrast there? The creature will be exhausted. They will be exhausted. And then it says in verse 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. 
they shall walk and not be faint. Why is this? Why is this? This is because they trust upon the omnipotence of God. They trust upon God who is all-powerful. God whose power is constant. God who always gives the strength. God's power is inexhaustible. When he grants it to the weak, they become strong. God's power is constant. So much so that when he gives you power, he remains powerful. Again, God's power is not like a power bank. That when he gives you power, now his power depletes. And there's a time that the whole, the, the whole world will deplete his power because of the population increase. God's power is unbounded. And God's power is constant. It's the same. Listen to Psalm, Psalm 102, verse 25 to 27. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will, they, will wear, they, they will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe. And they will pass away. But you are the same. And your ears have no end. Now that does not only speak of the immutability of God. It speaks of the power of God as well. That God in his power is unchanging. He has power that is constant, always there. While everything else passes away, while everything else grows weak and, uh, and, and faint, while we grow old, God is the same. His power is the same. Thus he can be depended upon. Number four. God's power is incomprehensible. God's power is so great and mighty that ours are just attempts to understand it. We cannot fully and completely understand of the power of God. Yes, we have the scriptures. Yes, we learn the power of God and other attributes. But since we have finite minds, we cannot fully comprehend the infinite power of God. Even his being. Steve Lawson says, quote, Omnipotence is past our finding out. We cannot even imagine how powerful God is. End quote. That your greatest, your grandest, your highest thoughts of who God is can never reach the heights of the power of God. They are still below. They still fall short. We can't think of God the way that he should be thought about. And this is because his power is so great. My dear friends, I'm trying to show you that God's power is out of this world. God is all powerful. You see, God is so powerful that he does not need time. He is so powerful that he doesn't need anything. And go back and listen to, to that Sunday school class that we had when we talked of the self-existence of God. He is able to sustain himself because of his power. His power is incomprehensible. We can't. And one of the reasons we can't quite comprehend is because we are not all powerful ourselves. We do not know what it means to have power and not, uh, and, and not, not to have it. Because we are constantly needing power. We are constantly needing to be strengthened. God, on the other hand, is not like that. Because of that, we can't quite comprehend what that is about. Can't quite understand. This is a text that we considered, Ephesians chapter 3. Let me just quickly point you there. Hmm? Ephesians 3 verse 20 now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. God has this power that only such words can you know can be uttered of him and we are content with them because we cannot go any further because of how powerful God is now i'm trying to say that the power of God being incomprehensible means that you ought not to doubt God even a moment because you cannot comprehend his power because of how great it is never should there be a time where you doubt the power of God where you doubt whether God can do anything now you may be tempted to doubt because you're a human you may even doubt it because you're a sinner but it is a big big mistake doubt the power of God because you can't even comprehend it you can't even understand it it is beyond our scope so doubting God is such a big mistake it's such a misunderstanding of who God is so that when Jesus says with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible he says that with such an absoluteness such a calmness he knows that while it is so hard for a rich man to go through the, uh, to, to get into the kingdom of God, um, God is able to save him. You shouldn't doubt the power of God. This is the power of God in salvation. The power that saves us. Just imagine the Apostle Paul, a man who was persecuting the church, killing others. We are tempted to think that such a person cannot be saved. How can they say that they are saved? What happens to all the evil that they have done? God is powerful. The power of God is incomprehensible. There's a sense in which we do not understand how God saves men. Isn't that what we're seeing? I know not how God's wondrous grace to me has been made known. But what do I know? I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able. He is able. That's what we tell the sinner. Come, come to him. You are poor, you are needy, you are weak, you are wounded, you are sick, you are sore. Jesus is ready. He stands to save you. He is full of pity, love and power. And then we say, he is able. Because that's what the word of God tells us. So that even though we cannot quite comprehend it, we know that he is able. We don't quite understand how God saves sinners. How God changes those hearts. How God transforms people. How God takes people from the mire pit. It's, it's a miss for us. We, we don't quite get it. We can't completely comprehend. You know, like the Puritans used to say, we only apprehend, but we can't comprehend. We only know something of it because it's been told us. And that's what I mean, that God's power is incomprehensible. Lastly, God's power is self-consistent. God's power works in perfect conformity with all of his other attributes. God's power is self-consistent. God's power will work uniformly with his wisdom, with his love, with his sovereignty, with his grace, with his mercy, with his goodness, with his patience. As you consider this last aspect of God's power, I'd like you to think about this, this question. Are there some things that God cannot do? Yes? Are there some things that God cannot do? Huh? Yes. 
There are things that God cannot do. And that's not because he does not have power. God cannot do things that are inconsistent with his character. The power of God is self-consistent. God does not misuse his powers. God is self-consistent. So that his power is, is displayed, is utilized wisely. In a good way. In a patient way. In a slow way. Isn't that what the Bible says? That he is slow to anger. His power, his power is consistent with every other of his attributes. Now we know the Bible says that God cannot lie, for example. We're going to see that uh, in the evening from the book of Titus. God cannot lie. He's not like a man. God cannot be unfaithful. Hmm? If we are faithless, the Bible says in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. He cannot be unfaithful. So there are things that God cannot do. God cannot be unholy. The Bible says that he is holy, holy, holy. He can't be unrighteous. Those, those are some of the things that God cannot do. God cannot die. Can God die? No, he cannot die. Because he is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. So he cannot die. In Psalm 90 verse 2 we read, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God cannot cease from being God. He will always be God. Even when he takes on human flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, he remains God. He just assumes upon himself human nature. There are many things that God cannot do that will be inconsistent with his character and his person. My friends, what I'm trying to show you this, this morning is that God is all-powerful. Now, what are you to do with this information? Number one, you're to trust God. Trust God. Whatever it be that you're going through, trust him. Whatever it is that your life holds, trust God. Because God is all-powerful. Depend on Him. Look to Him for all things. You know, when, <clears throat> when things are going on in our lives, the first person we think about is the one we think will solve our issues. That person for you, dear saint, should be God. Because God is all-powerful. Now, there's a sense in which that first application uh, grants a second one, which is rely on God. See, one cannot trust if they don't rely on, on Him. You know that no one else can help you the way God can help you. Rely on God. Know that no one else knows what is best for you more than God. Rely on God because God does not misuse his powers. Because you know that God is going to use his powers in the best way possible. Because his power is consistent with all his other attributes. God is going to be wise in the way he dispenses, the way he uses his power. Number three, magnify God. They say, do not tell God how big your problems are. Instead, tell your problems how big your God is. And there's a sense in which that is true. Magnify God. You see, when we, when we, when we gather together and we say, 
Praise be to the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You know, during those call to worship that we do here, we are magnifying God. We are saying that God is great. I'm trying to help, help you to have high thoughts of God, high view of God. Because if you have a high view of God, then your life is, your, your life will be governed like that. If you have a low view of God, your life will be inconsistent with His will. You will be walking on His, on his world ignorantly. Not knowing that he's the one who orders all your steps because he's powerful. So, so magnify him. Have great thoughts of the great God. Number four, submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Don't be proud. Don't exalt yourself. Don't think that, you know, you might, who knows? You might be the richest person in the world one day. Please remember that God is the only one who is the all-powerful. Don't be proud. Regardless of what power you have. Whether you be a husband, whether you be a father, whether you be a mother, um, whatever authority you have. Whether you be a pastor like we are. Humble yourself. under the authority of God, the power of God. And number five, and lastly, be found on God's side. Be found on God's side. Ensure that you you are on the side of God. Like Jonathan Edwards, be able to say, even if the whole world stops serving God, I will still serve him. Resolved to serve God regardless of whoever else refuses. Be found on God's side. The way we are found on the, on the Lord's side is by being in Christ, by submitting to him, by trusting in him, by, by having faith in him, by believing him, by hoping in him. When we are on God's side, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Because God is all powerful. Is there any comment or question? I'd like to end there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. come to you by the power of your Holy Spirit. We recognize that you, O Triune God, are the all-powerful God. Your power is infinite. Your power is consistent. It is invincible. Your power is incomprehensible. Oh Lord, we pray that you may grant that we would have such high views of God. That we would tremble at the mention of your name. That we would be kept from mentioning your name in vain. That we will be granted a painful awareness of who you are. We pray, O Lord, that you would be glorified in all things. As we consider the attributes of God, beginning with this, may we be helped to submit to you.
May we be helped to rely on you, to depend on you. May we be helped to trust you. May we be helped to be found on your side. May we be helped to be confident that we are on the Lord's side and therefore everything everything else is is little is small compared to the greatness and the power of our God. Please be glorified in in such high views and understandings of you Hear our prayers and answer us according to your will. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.